0: Hello guys, welcome to, um, you know, I was going to say an episode number there, but then I realized I don't do episode numbers anymore. If you've noticed, um, the last episode, and I changed it also, the uh, the previous episodes don't have them either, they don't have episode numbers anymore. If you're wondering why, it's pretty much because I just wanted this podcast, I didn't want it to be so numerical in a way i don't need it to be that you have to listen to this episode or you feel obliged to listen to this episode or this one you know because it goes one two three four whatever i just wanted it to be that you see a topic you see the title you go okay that sounds like something i'm interested in you just click on that one and maybe you follow through with the next ones i don't really care about you know numbers or ki- you know what i mean I, I mean i don't have to explain myself overly i feel like that makes sense doesn't it um but yeah hello this is I Recommend. My name is Tyler, and today, again, I'm so sorry, guys. We're taking a break from comic books because I want to talk all about Star Wars. If you've been up with my account recently, you know that I've been watching a lot of Star Wars movies, a lot of Star Wars media. I've been in a very Star Wars-heavy mood. And so, you know, that's going to translate into this podcast. That's what we're talking about this week. Uh, it's not going to be so much recommendations, obviously, because if you, if you like... Um, If you watch Star Wars or read or play or whatever, you know, it's kind of in the order it's supposed to be in. I can't go like, well, here's this order you should watch it in. No, watch them in release order if you haven't seen them, which I don't know why you wouldn't have seen them if you're listening to this episode. But anyway... That's all I can recommend as far as that. I mean, I could go into like little titles like, you know, I recommend this episode of the Clone Wars, or I recommend this comic book, but I don't really want to do that. I'm kinda this episode's gonna be more stream of consciousness, I think. It's not gonna be so clinical. I just want to talk about Star Wars and some of the thoughts I've had watching specifically the prequel trilogy, but more so how it ties in to the larger Star Wars universe and some of my expanded opinions about what you know, what I think about these movies, what I think about these characters, because I love Star Wars. I love Star Wars since I was a kid. I think most kids, most people have loved Star Wars since they were a kid. I don't remember when I first got into it. I do remember, though, that I was definitely a prequel kid. Uh, I was born in 2001, so Phantom Menace had come out. Attack of the Clones was coming out, and I, so, you know, I didn't grow up with the original trilogy. My dad did, obviously, but I grew up with the prequels, so that was kind of my Star Wars growing up, and I loved him as a kid. Nowadays, those opinions are definitely shifted, but... When I was growing up, I was definitely a prequel kid. And, you know, that was helped by things like the Clone Wars cartoon, the 2D animated one I'm talking about, not the 3D animated one. Uh, the Star Wars Battlefront two, what a brilliant video game. The original one, I like the new one, the, uh, the new DICE EA one. I say new, but it's like six years old at this point. But I think that's a good game. But the original, like, still holds a special place in my heart. Um, and Lego Star Wars, Lego Star Wars, especially Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga... That was a big fucking deal for me as a kid on the original Xbox. I mean, I played that game over and over and over and over again. I fucking adored it. The new one is so good, too. I've been playing that one again as well. But yeah, I kind of just want to get into the saga in general. I mean, I've had a lot of thoughts, and I'm not really sure how to... I'm not always sure how to express my thoughts, my my opinions on a lot of things. So I'm going to use this podcast as an excuse to just talk. I mean, again, I probably say this every fucking week... I like hearing myself talk. I like talking about Star Wars. So we're going to do it this episode. What I want to kind of do with this episode is I want to kind of take us on the journey throughout the saga. From I want to see if I can go from Phantom Menace to The Rise of Skywalker. Talk about, not necessarily my opinions on each movie specifically, but I kind of want to talk about how they all feed into this larger, you know, the larger saga of Star Wars, the larger themes and the larger story of place. Um, because I do think it's really like... You know, the the it's what is it? What is the the term people use? It's better. It's greater than the sum of its parts. Like, so, you know, there's Star Wars movies that are absolutely garbage. There are Star Wars movies that are just like the bottom of the barrel as far as films go. But there are Star Wars movies that are also the top of the barrel. There's a Star Wars movie that you could arguably call the greatest movie of all time, Empire Strikes Back. Um and there are Star Wars movies that, you know, run the gamut. They're okay. They're they're you know middling. They're they're fine. There's some I love but people hate. There's some I hate that people love. I mean that's just how it's always gone. Um and I don't really want to get into the minutiae of that. I mean, if you follow me, you know I love The Last Jedi, you know I don't love the prequels. But stuff like that I don't really want to get into. Like I said, I just kind of want to go over the main story of Star Wars, talk about the characters, I want to see how everything kind of fits together. That's what this episode's going to be about. So if you're down for, you know, a stream of consciousness just me chatting about Star Wars, then 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 I guess enjoy. Um, so I guess we'll start where the story begins, episode one of Phantom Menace. I watched this movie last week, uh, I don't remember what day, it might have been exactly one week ago, last uh, last Wednesday when I'm recording this right now, um, and I'm gonna be honest, this is something I thought I would never say. I had a lot of fun watching The Phantom Menace, I did not think it was that bad of a movie, and it was kind of fucking mind-boggling actually. I went into it. My roommate and I were sitting around, and he was like, he just said it. We we, we had watched uh, Revenge of the Sith recently, but he just said, do you want to watch The Phantom Menace? And I was like, why the fuck would I want to watch The Phantom Menace right now? It's like, you know, a Thursday or Wednesday night, so much else we could be doing. But then we sat down and we watched The Phantom Menace, and I had a blast. Like, maybe it was just, you know, the situation. Maybe it was just fun to watch it with friends, because it is fun to watch it with friends. But... It was just so much fun. It was just like, it was it was a lot of fun to make fun of it. Obviously, that's that's half of the fun of watching any Star Wars movie is just going like, this doesn't even make any fucking sense. This shit is so stupid. But I was kind of I've kind of found myself not emotionally invested, but invested in a way that I haven't really thought about. I probably haven't seen the Phantom Menace in a couple of years, not too long ago, maybe three years, I would say, which again isn't isn't too long ago, um, but. I just remembered it being the worst movie ever. I remember it being like deathly boring with characters that I don't care about and stuff like that, plot points and things they added to the to the universe which I don't like. But above all that, I've kind of found myself enjoying it. And I think what I've realized about watching these these uh, prequel trilogy movies, I watched them in a weird order, by the way. I watched them: Revenge of the Sith, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones. For some reason, I watched three, one, two. But I've realized that I kind of enjoy them. I I don't think they're great movies. There's so much I could go like rip into, you know, the um, Padme-Anakin relationship is just horrible. And it's also like kind of scary. I feel really horrible for Padme. It's like Padme's trapped in this terrible relationship with a psychopath. But that's, you know, that stuff isn't good. And I could go into that if I wanted to. But really, like I said, I want to go into the main story, kind of overarching stuff. I liked Kid Anakin. I liked little boy Anakin. I felt like there was something really compelling. Maybe not so the way it was pre- uh, presented, but the idea. The idea of this poor little slave boy who, you know, he finds joy in pod racing. He finds joy in, like, these exciting things. He's a bit of a daredevil. I I like the idea that this kid, you know, the Jedi Qui-Gon Jinn, right, shows up and he's like, this kid is the Chosen One. Which, by the way, I hate the Chosen One prophecy. I really, really hate it. I think it would be better better for the prequels if it wasn't so concrete, and if George wasn't so concrete on it, on Anakin being the Chosen One, if it was something they could have misinterpreted, or something like that. I have my own opinions on what I think the Chosen One prophecy really means, which I may get into later, but uh, right now, I, I don't really care for it. But I like the idea that Qui-Gon finds this kid who he believes could be this, you know, prophesized Chosen One, and Anakin is just there. He's Like I said, he's a poor slave kid. He loves his mother, but He doesn't really have anything, and slowly watching this guy who grow up, and all he ever wanted to do was help people, all he ever wanted to do was be a hero. You know, he says he'll come back and he'll free all the slaves, he'll make sure that no one can die. It's written like shit, but the overall idea, the concept of that, I like it, and I like that Anakin Skywalker is kind of portrayed in the prequels as this flawed hero, this tragic hero. And I would say he's more than just flawed. I mean, he has his psychopathic moments, like I said, where he'll slaughter an entire tribe of, of Tuscan Raiders, not just the men, but the women and the children too. But the overall concept of him being like this kind of burdened, I think of him very much like Paul Atreides in uh, in Dune. Because the whole point of Paul in Dune was to kind of challenge the chosen one prophecy. This idea that you are like, you know, the gifted one chosen by the gods. Maybe it's not all it's cut out to be. And maybe the the people that place that emphasis on these poor kids are actually breaking them. So when that person grows up to be the chosen one, they actually do more harm than good. That's a great concept. I mean, I'm fairly sure that Frank Herbert invented that in Dune, like, or at least that was the first real subversion of the Chosen One prophecy, but I like that Anakin Skywalker is that, I like that Anakin Skywalker, you know, he's got his heroic moments and stuff like the Clone Wars, the Clone Wars show fleshes him out in ways that the movies fucking wish they could, but I love the idea of him being this, this flawed, tragic hero, you know, it's not a hero's journey like how in the original trilogy we follow luke as he becomes a jedi knight it's it's this hero's tragedy of watching this guy who really at his core and we see this in the first movie has a good heart and wants to help people slowly fall apart he's he's manipulated by so many ends and he's also just completely betrayed by the people that are supposed to be protecting him the jedi take Anakin to, or the council. Uh, Qui-Gon and, and Obi-Wan take Anakin to the council. Obi-Wan Kenobi by the way fucking hates Anakin Skywalker in that first movie. He says to Qui-Gon about Anakin, referring to Anakin, he says, "Why do I feel like we've picked up another pathetic life form?" He's comparing Anakin Skywalker to Jar Jar Binks in that fucking scenario, and that's that's very harsh. Like Obi-Wan like Calm down, dude. But also, like, that's how they viewed him. That's how the Jedi were. They were so high up in their in their ivory towers. They didn't really care about these people on the outer skirts. You know, the slaves. Especially Obi Wan didn't care, but Qui Gon did. Qui Gon had a good heart, so he brings this kid in front of the the Jedi Council, and they say no. They say that his um he might be the chosen one, or you know he could be, I guess. But his um his his connection to his mother ultimately. Has and he's too old to be trained. His connection to his mother could lead him down the, the the dark side, and he's too old to be trained. That's what they say. And I just like there's a look in that scene, in that original scene from the Phantom Menace, where you you're at the Jedi Council. That's the first time we see the Jedi Council, and there's a look that's shared between Anakin, uh, you know, young Anakin by Jake played by Jake Lloyd, and Mace Windu, where Mace Windu you can just see this. It's almost like contempt in his eyes, almost like this idea, like. Who does he think he is to think he could be one of us? Like, he doesn't even belong here. It's almost like, and I'm not going to say this is what it is. I mean, these movies are political, the uh, the prequels, especially Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones is insanely political. But it's almost like an air of, like, classism. It's almost like Mace Windu believes, you know, they're all the way up, on, like I said, in their ivory towers. He's almost looking at this kid like, who does he think he is to think he could be one of us, this little slave boy? And I think that that stuff like that, ultimately that is what turns Anakin to the dark side you know it's not so much his connections it's that he's not allowed to have them obviously I mean obviously that's the point but you get stuff like like Yoda you know Yoda says you know fear leads to hate anger leads to anger fear leads to hate hate leads to anger anger leads to suffering whatever you know whatever Yoda says and then ultimately that leads to the dark side but I love the idea that the, the, the Jedi are so blinded by the dark side because they believe they know what it is. They think that they can sense it, but they have no fucking idea what they're dealing with. And that ultimately is what leads to their downfall, that they couldn't possibly comprehend. Again, they're so high up in their ivory towers. They couldn't possibly comprehend that the threat was right under their nose in terms of Palpatine. He was right there manipulating them the entire time. I was with my roommate, we were watching Attack of the Clones, and we thought it was weird that they couldn't sense um, that Sidious was there. They couldn't sense the darkness in Sidious, they couldn't sense the darkness in in any of these, in in again, in any of the characters. And I was like, that's kind of odd, right? But if you go back to The Phantom Menace... There's a scene, again, it's that same scene at the Jedi Council where Qui-Gon says that he ran into Darth Maul on Tatooine. He thinks he's run into a Sith Lord, the first that they've seen in a thousand years or whatever. And Mace Windu and Yoda, they say, you definitely didn't run into a Sith Lord because if you did, we'd know about it. And I think that that's like such a small line that adds so much to the prequels because it shows, again, that the Jedi think they know what they're doing. They think they have everything in control but reality is they have pushed away this boogeyman so far that they don't actually understand that it's snuck right into their fucking house you know they think that they know what the dark side is they think that if they push it away or if they ignore it they think that anything that leads to the dark side could possibly be a threat and so they don't allow their students to feel Anything other than peace and balance. They don't allow them to grow up. They don't allow them to have, fall in love or have relationships. The only relationship you're really allowed to have is with your master as the Padawan. But other than that, you're not allowed. And I just think, like, at the in the movies, it's, it's not so well portrayed, I don't feel, because you're kind of so caught up in the golden age of the Jedi, feeling like, you know, these characters are badasses doing what they're doing. But reality is, is that entire prequel trilogy is about the failure of the Jedi. It's about how... They thought they controlled the force. Their hubis, their hubris, and their hypocrisy is what led to the to the you know the ultimate downfall of the Republic. And I think that's excellent. I think that's an excellent story. And I know everyone knows this, but I think that is such a a good story. I love that being the legacy of the Jedi. These people that were deified. You know, even as fans, we look at the Jedi and we're like, oh, they're the ultimate good. In reality the height of the jedi and luke says this in the last jedi he says like the 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 reality is that, that the legacy of the jedi is failure the jedi have continually failed because they don't know how to evolve they think that the force belongs to them and that they can control it but it doesn't it belongs to the universe they, they it, you know it's um yoda says in episode 5 he says you know um luminous beings we are not this crude matter and it's like you know the force exists in everything and everyone it moves you know, throughout the universe, and it connects all things, but the Jedi were so stuck up that they thought it belonged to them. They thought they owned the Force, and that is ultimately what leads to their downfall. I love that. I, I think that's a great story, like I said. I-, I know I've said that five times now, but I think that's an excellent story. Diving deeper into Anakin as a character, it's set up through the entire prequel trilogy that his main goal in life, or, you know, the main kind of scar he has is that he can't save everyone. He wants to be this great hero because he didn't have one as a child. May, uh, I was gonna say, man, grew up without a father, but he, he grew up without a father. He was a virgin birth or something, which is fucking weird, but he was kind of always striving for a hero to come save him, so I think he imagined himself as that hero, or imagined this mythical father figure that he'd never had as that hero. When he gets the opportunity to be a Jedi, he realizes, I can be the hero that never saved me. I could be the hero that saves everyone else so that no one else has to go through what I have to go through. And slowly realizing that the Jedi and the powers that be, they don't really allow that. That's not what being a Jedi is about. Being a Jedi at that time in the prequel trilogy really isn't about helping people. It's not really about protecting the force. It's about trying to push away the dark side. They're so caught up in doing that. They don't You know, like I I kept saying, they don't realize that the darkness is within them. I think that's interesting. I think that Anakin as a character, his darker moments are kind of all the more better because we know that he's ultimately, he's not, I, I don't know if he thinks he's doing the right thing a lot of the time, but ultimately at the end of the day, he's had so much taken away from him that you can't help but feel from him. I mean, like I said, he's a tragedy. Episode three, I mean, he's being pushed and pulled in so many directions. He wants to save Padme. He wants to help his friends. He doesn't really want to betray the Jedi until he, re- until he realizes that the only way to save his family, to save his wife and his two children-to-be is to betray the people he loves. And he's betrayed everything to give himself to the Emperor. Again, I don't think they portray it very well. I think that the switch kind of happens like that. And it's... Very, very frustrating. But I like the idea. I like the idea. I think Anakin Skywalker, I think he was a bit young to turn into Darth Vader at that point. I think they could have given him more time. I think Hayden Christensen, especially, could have had more time to kind of get more comfortable in that role. But I like the story. I like the story of Anakin Skywalker, who was this tragic hero eventually becoming the very thing he swore to destroy you know becoming the ultimate darkness when he really thought that all he was going to do is bring light to the universe and this tragedy of knowing he's the chosen one but thinking like this is what I have to do I have to save the people I love because the Jedi have pushed that out of him so much that he's almost rebelling you know he's like a rebellious teenager in that sense and I mean that's what he is that's what he was in the attack of the clones that's what he is in this in the um in the Clone Wars TV show that's what Anakin Skywalker ultimately is. He's the story of this rebellious teen. And that's kind of fun. I like that. Again, Darth Vader being a rebellious teen. Not the worst idea I've ever heard. Um, Yeah, <laughs> thats a, I think that's as much as I can really say about Anakin uh, before I would get into Darth Vader. Vader, I mean, he's... he's I, I almost don't know what I can say about Vader that hasn't been said. I mean, he's been around for 50 years. He's the most iconic villain in the history of film. I don't know what I can say about Vader that hasn't been said already, especially in terms of like, you know, Anakin's fall from grace. But I like that in the comic books now, in in post Revenge of the Sith like media, stuff that has come out after Revenge of the Sith I like that now we have this backstory for Anakin that we can build upon while he is Darth Vader. So you get the Darth Vader comic book series, which focused so deeply on his internal struggles. Stuff we didn't get in the original trilogy because it didn't exist at the time. You know, George hadn't thought of it yet. We get... um, So Greg Pak was writing Darth Vader. I think he's still writing Darth Vader right now. But when he started his book, it was all about um, these people. It was Padme's guards, her uh, handmaidens. All the people that looked like Padme, you know, that would switch off and on with her. And Vader finds them again. And, you know, they have to kind of go on this mission together, blah, blah, blah. But it's fascinating to see Darth Vader... So vulnerable seeing Padme's face or someone that looks exactly like Padme at least seeing her again and what that does to Darth Vader someone who thinks that all the humanity and all the goodness in him has been like, kind of wrenched out of him um, seeing him see Padme the face of the person that he loves so deeply the face of the person which is the reason he kind of turned into this monster. It's it's interesting. It's really good. A lot of the Vader comics are so excellent because they have that new added lore that they can dig into this character so deeply, give him layers that he didn't have in the original trilogy, which ultimately adds to his character in the original trilogy. Now when he makes the sacrifice to save Luke at the end, we see Anakin Skywalker return. We see the great hero, the guy that we knew he was, the good person that we know at his heart he is. We see that character return, and it's all the more triumphant because now we see that you know he's lost everything, but you can be redeemed from that darkness. And I ultimately think that's why people like Star Wars. The Star Wars is an easy story. It's simple, good versus bad. It's a you know it's a it's a non-complicated binary of light versus dark. And to see that even now I'm, I'm not going to say that this is kind of the most realistic thing, but even when you've fallen so deeply into the darkness that you think you can't be redeemed, there's always the hope of redemption. And I think that's what Luke Skywalker represents. Luke Skywalker is kind of the hope. A new hope in this in this dark and grim universe. So let's talk about Luke Skywalker. Let's talk about the hero Luke Skywalker. We're going from Anakin to Luke. I love Luke Skywalker. Obviously, I love Luke Skywalker. He's he's us. You know, he's the self-insert character. He's the hero. But I think, and I'm not gonna try to you know, I, I don't. I want this to be as as like. Um, how the fuck do I say this? I want this this episode to be as like non-controversial as I could possibly be. I don't want to get into hot takes like I said and stuff like that. I kind of want to look at this the story presented. I don't think people really kind of understand who Luke was properly. I think that people remember Luke differently than how he was actually portrayed in the films. Um, and that's okay. I mean, like I said, we deify these characters. He's a hero. He's a hero that so many people grew up with. Luke Skywalker was our hero going through Star Wars originally. So, of course, we would kind of deify him as this god. But the important thing, the cool thing about Luke Skywalker is that he was a kid. He was a farm boy. He's, he's almost like Superman in that sense, where he's like a normal guy given great, gifted these great abilities who, who knows that he's destined for more and he can always do better that's kind of what's cool about Luke Skywalker is that he gives into his impulses is that he, he doesn't, you know, um, he doesn't necessarily. So, okay. When, when he goes to Dagobah and he goes to train with Yoda, he's the worst fucking Jedi apprentice you've ever seen in your entire life. But it's not because Luke isn't deserving of it. It's not because Luke can't be a good Jedi. It's because the Jedi dogma is wrong to, to not have feelings, to not have emotions, all of that. Luke is obviously too old to be trained, all this stuff. Um, but they are wrong. But this is what he's being taught. He's being taught that your your hate leads to suffering and you can't really leave into your emotions because that will lead you to the dark side. That's what he's being taught. And he rejects it. He rejects it. Not, not so much he goes like, your ways are stupid, but he doesn't follow the rules. He's always breaking the rules. Um, you know, he leaves Yoda so that he can go save his friends when Yoda says, like, if you do this, they're probably going to die and you're going to die and then we'll abandon all hope. Yoda's really just saying, like, don't save your friends, let them die, all this stuff. In episode 6, Obi-Wan is telling him to kill his father, he's saying, like, there's no good le- goodness left in Vader, you have to kill him, and, Obi- and, um, and Luke is saying, like, I'm not going to kill my father, but you have to think about Obi-Wan Kenobi is telling him to do this. The Jedi dogma is so fucking broken that Luke Skywalker is kind of, like... He's being taught all these horrible things, but he thinks that it's normal. He thinks that it's like, this is the Jedi. And so, when he eventually gets to that point in Return of the Jedi, he says, you know, I'm a Jedi, like my father before me, and he refuses to kill his dad. I think you have to think of that in the context of the greater Jedi story. He's not doing what the Jedi would do there. What the Jedi would do there is they would kill Darth Vader, and they would probably try to kill Palpatine. Or they wouldn't have put themselves in the position in the first place. But if they were in that position, they would probably kill Vader and Palpatine. Or they would at least try to. But he's not going to give into to his hate. He's not going to give in to his anger. Like I said, the, the Jedi are hypocritical. If Obi-Wan's telling Luke to kill Vader, if Luke killed Vader then, he would have given in to his hate. He would have turned to the dark side maybe. You have to also think about the fact that Luke Skywalker does give in to his impulses in a sense. When he's being taunted by the um, by Palpatine... And Palpatine's killing all his friends. You know, they show the, 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 what is it? It's like a magnifying lens and he sees the, um, the ambush. It's a trap. He sees the ambush. That's what I'm trying to say. And Luke goes to swing on the, on the empire. The empire. On the emperor. He goes to kill him and Vader stops him. But if Vader didn't stop him, Luke would have just fucking killed him. He would have given into his impulses and murdered this man. That's maybe not the Jedi way, but that's what the Jedi that are left have been teaching him. So Luke is kind of indoctrinated into this dogma thinking it's like the right thing thinking this this is how the jedi are and this is what the jedi should be he deifies his father again who who he didn't grow up with he deifies the old man that that he didn't really know all that well he deifies yoda who he hears is this great jedi legend but he doesn't quite understand that the jedi are broken and need to be fixed he doesn't know the context of why the jedi fell all he knows is that a great darkness killed them all so when you get from luke from the original trilogy, and you bring him into the sequel trilogy, and you have him as this kind of um, old, jaded, uh, frustrated old man, a lot of people don't like it, and I understand that. I mean, there's nothing I can do about it. I didn't make The Last Jedi. I get it, but I just think that that is exactly Luke Skywalker. I think that Luke Skywalker is exactly that person. I think that what ryan johnson did was instead of portraying luke skywalker as the character we wanted to see he portrayed luke skywalker as the person that he actually was and i'm you know people might disagree with that i'm okay with that i don't really care i'm not one of those people that's like you're if you're wrong about this you're an idiot and you don't understand the movie there's so many can different, you know differing opinions on that movie i understand i just feel like that movie really portrayed luke as 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 he should have been portrayed and i think it's Honestly, like, I think if you watch Luke in that movie, who is a man who thinks that he's failed, who is a man who, who th- realizes that his entire life's journey has led to yet another fucking Darth Vader, he's broken, he realizes that the Jedi have failed him, he's failed the universe, he failed his nephew, he failed his sister, he failed his his brother-in-law. He's failed everyone, and he's kind of really feeling it, you know? He feels like it's all his fault. The, the entire galaxy is completely, you know, um, cloaked in darkness, and he feels like it's because of him, and he, he feels like it's because of the Jedi. Every time the Jedi rise, a new darkness rises to take over. And so he's wondering, like, the Jedi need to die. I remember um, in April of 2017 when the trailer first came out for The Last Jedi, and Luke says, you know, there's one thing that I know. And I remember I was in the back of my, my parents' car. I think it was tax day or something, so we had to drive to Queens. And uh, the trailer came out, and Luke says, you know, there's one thing I know. And I remember I said out loud, or he says, it's time for the Jedi. And I remember I said out loud, to continue, to come back, you know, to, for to return. And he goes, to end. And my, I mean, my jaw hit the fucking floor. It was so... I, you know, never in a million years would you expect Luke Skywalker to say something like that, especially when the last time you saw Luke Skywalker was him fucking celebrating with the Ewoks singing Yub Nub as a Jedi hero, you know, I thought it was, it was so interesting to portray Luke Skywalker as this like kind of broken old curmudgeon who doesn't believe in what he used to believe in, and I think that the way they bring Luke out of that hole, and this is not hyperbole, I'm not saying this to just be crazy, I genuinely think it's like in it, in incredibly inspirational and, and like heartfelt story about how, you know, you might think you failed. You might think that everything's over, but at the end of the day, failure is what teaches you. Yoda has that line, which might be my favorite line in all of star Wars, where he says the greatest teacher failure is, you know, he says to her, Uh, He says to her, he says to Luke to carry on, to pass on everything he knows. And that doesn't just include his, his victories, but that includes his folly and his failure, you know, his hubris, everything bad about him he needs to pass on. Because I think ultimately, he also has that line, Yoda, where he says, we are what they grow beyond, that is the burden of all masters, which is an excellent line. But it's ultimately Yoda saying to Luke that like, what you need to do is realize that you are not the hero anymore, that your time is gone and just because you can't fix everything doesn't mean that everything can't be fixed what you need to do is need to pass on everything you've learned you can't hide it you can't kind of push it away all of these things have that happened in your life have you know created you and just because something bad happens doesn't mean that it's you know darkness forever they have to kind of rekindle that hope Ray says it in um in the movie you know he's he's kind of so doom and gloom he says like you know at the height of their powers the Jedi allowed Darth Sidious to rise it was a Jedi who um you know was was responsible for training Darth Vader and Ray ultimately says I feel like I've said ultimately a million times during this episode but Ray says to him um uh, and it was a Jedi Knight who saved him who saw the goodness in him you saw that he could be turned and then this is this is the right thing to say, you know. It's a good thing to say, but he sees it as a bad thing. Now he looks at it, he hears that, and he goes, and I became a legend. And he's almost resentful of the decision he made there because he knows that that is the decision that ultimately led to his his failure. I just said ultimately again. So I think at the end of the Last Jedi, when Luke kind of comes out of the uh, he comes out of the mines and crate, and he's the Force projection, he stands up to the First Order. He is this lone Jedi warrior in a universe that hasn't seen a Jedi in a long time. He is this lone Jedi standing up against this unstoppable force and he is untouchable. He can't be beaten. He can't be touched. This is the power of the Jedi. He shows the resistance that there's still hope. There's still stuff worth fighting for. And a lot of people shit on the ending of that movie because it ends with a kid with a broom. But the reason that movie ends like that is because it shows that Luke Skywalker His ultimate sacrifice, his legacy, the entirety of Luke Skywalker's life led to that moment where he could bring hope to the universe once more, where he could go out there, he could be Luke Skywalker of legend, he could be the hero that everyone needed him to be one last time, and he could save everyone. And I just think that's like, honestly, I really just think that's like a powerful message that you know, failure is a part of life, even the greatest heroes fail, and that's part of the reason I love that movie so much, is because it talks about things like that, and it wasn't afraid to make Luke Skywalker, who again, like I said, was our hero as a kid, it wasn't afraid to show him in a different light, to show him broken, and how do you raise up from that again, I thought that was excellent, I, I, it maybe, it just speaks to me personally, um, and that's definitely what it is. It just speaks to me personally, like the the things I like to see in movies, and the the way I like to see characters portrayed, and the stories I like to be told. It just speaks to me personally. I just think the Last Jedi is a beautiful movie. I, I, I love it so much. I mean, I could make an entire episode about how much I love that movie. I won't, but I could. Um, but that brings us to Ray, to Ray Skywalker. Ooh, I said Ray Skywalker. Oh no. Um. Sure, they really fucking screwed the pooch at the end of the day, didn't they, making her a Palpatine? But I thought what was really cool about Rey is that she was like a version of Luke Skywalker that wasn't so goddamn cynical. Luke Skywalker in the original trilogy is a bit cynical. He doesn't believe that things can work. But Ray, she wants to believe. She has faith in the Force. She, she wants to believe in something greater than herself. Luke did as well, but he's way more questioning of it. He doesn't believe... Um, he doesn't believe in the Force, he doesn't believe in all that, and that's why it kind of doesn't work for him at first, he has to get his ass kicked by Vader to kind of believe in it, but Rey is someone who grew up with these stories of the Jedi, who grew up with this legend, hearing this legend of Luke Skywalker, she says in The Force Awakens, she's like, I thought he was a myth, Um, but you know that adds to it because, the force ultimately I think isn't really about Midaclorians or how powerful you are because of that. The force is about belief and it's about faith and having faith in this thing that's greater than yourself, knowing that it will lead you to the you know, along the right path. Yoda says, uh, so in in Empire, Luke says, um, that he can't lift the X Wing out of the out of the swamp because it's so much different than lifting rocks. It's so it's, you know, way bigger. And Yoda says, it's no different. It's only different in your mind. You have to unlearn what you have learned. What that tells me is that the power from the Force, like I said, doesn't really come from whatever you're determined to have or training necessarily. It comes with your faith. You have to have belief in the Force. You have to know that it can work for it to work for you in the first place. So I think that's why Rey comes off as so powerful as she is, because she has faith in it. She wants to learn. She wants to be trained. She goes to Luke and she begs to be trained. Yoda went... Or Luke went to Yoda. He begged to be trained, but he didn't fucking listen. Um... And, th- and that was why he failed. Rey, on the other hand, she's willing to listen. She's willing to learn. She's willing to help. She's willing to save everyone. She wants to be part of this greater venture because she, much like Luke, was this kid on this desert planet who yearned for something more, who her parents abandoned her, sold her for dirt money. Uh, so she thought apparently they were fucking killed because one of them was a clone of Palpatine, whatever. But, you know, the, it still stands that she believed that and so she always wanted to be something, part of something greater. I think that's a great story as well. I think the story of this person who joins this ultimate legacy, I think she earned the name Skywalker. I think that Luke and Leia are proud of her and are very supportive of that idea that she will carry on the Skywalker legacy. Even if she isn't a Skywalker, blood isn't what determines who you are. It's faith, it's family. And she grew up with these people. She, she's learned so much from Leia, from Han. She learned from, she learned from Luke. It's, you know, they adopted her, almost. They they were, like, she was, like, the child they wish they had and not fucking Ben, who I love. I love Kylo Ren. He's one of my favorite Star Wars characters, especially, like I said, in the first and second movie. I think, I like his redemption in the third one, but I think he could have probably survived at the end, but... I think that was cool. I think he's a good character. I think that his relationship with Rey I'm really interested in. I like it because I think it makes sense. I think you have to look at these two characters like Kylo Ren is this character who's so kind of burdened by the fact that he is a Skywalker, that he's the newest Skywalker. He's got this legacy of greatness that he doesn't know if he can fulfill. Then he hears Grandpa's fucking Darth Vader. And so he realizes that his legacy is the Empire, is is darkness, is the dark side, is the ultimate evil in the universe. And he's burdened by it. He doesn't want to be a light... He just wants to be... I was going to say he doesn't want to be a lightsaber. He doesn't want to be a Skywalker. He just wants to be a normal kid, but he's not allowed that because he was born into this legacy. And Luke thought that you know, this legacy is important. The Skywalkers are important. And so he would put so much emphasis on training Ben that he ultimately pushed him away. Luke does that thing where he he thinks about, he sees the darkness in Ben and he, for a fraction of a second, thinks about killing him, which I I think is, again, in character. He doesn't try to kill him. He thinks about it for half a second, much like he thought about killing Vader in, in, um, in Jedi. I think it makes sense. Whatever, anyway, moving on. Um... But like I said, you have to think about Ben as this character who's burdened by this Skywalker legacy that he carries versus Rey, who's a person who wishes she had a legacy she could carry. She wishes she had blood. She wishes she had family. And so these people, they meet, they look at each other, and they realize that the other person is living the life that they wish they had. Ben wishes he was a nobody. Ben wishes that he could have you know, Ben by himself, not burdened by this legacy of being a Skywalker. Versus Ray, who wishes that she was born into this family. She wishes that her meaning was just given to her by her birth. Again, versus Ben, who is burdened by that, the fact that his meaning is given to him by his birth. That's why they connect, because they see that the other person is living the life that they wish they could, and so they bond over that, and they, they try to connect with that. They try to, you know, show the other empathy, because the other, because... Neither of them has really gotten that in their lives. And I think that's an interesting relationship. I think it's kind of an interesting way to look at the light side and the dark side as, like, these two things that are in balance. These things that maybe can coexist. Ben goes too far on his side, and it's, you know, that's because that's what the dark side does. It corrupts you. But he and Ray had this connection because he he was so conflicted inside he was so conflicted about what he had to do and what he had in what he was you know he he had to live up to this legacy of Darth Vader snoke who i guess was ultimately palpatine again i said ultimately but snoke pushes on him that you know you are darth vader's legacy i thought you could find in you a new vader and he wants to do that he wants to be the new vader because that is his family that is his blood he can't be it's not who he is He's pushed into it, and he's he's forced into it because that's how he was born, and he resents it. And I think that's a very interesting character. I think that makes him a really great character. And like I kept saying, I think that makes his connection with Rey really something very interesting. I think that's all I can really talk about in terms of the larger story. I think I've kind of gotten into into what I wanted to talk about, the kind of legacy of the Jedi and being failure and whatnot. But I just think... My only plea for this episode will be that people maybe go back, try to watch The Last Jedi again. (laughs) I can't believe I'm doing this. Try it again. If you don't like it, that's you know, it is what it is, but just try. Just I feel like a lot of people saw it once, they hated it, and they, they haven't really tried to give it a chance. I'm not saying that people don't. But just one more time. Just try again. And if you don't like it, whatever. But maybe try to think about what I've said. Maybe I've given a you know, like I said earlier, I didn't think that I would go into this episode trying to sell you something, trying to be like, oh, you know, hot take, you should watch The Last Jedi again and give it a try. But I mean, fuck it. Just try it one more time. Again, if you don't, if you hate it again, whatever, I don't care. I'm not one of those people that's going to be so fucking angry about it. Um, But yeah, maybe I have I hope I've given any bit of a compelling argument on why it works, because I think that it kind of takes the themes from the prequels, especially and really expands upon them. It's really like kind of cool to hear the, the themes of the prequels said by a character like Luke Skywalker. I think that's, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, I think... I don't know w- where to talk about next. I think what they should do with Star Wars next. I'm very, very happy about the Mandalorian and that whole era of Star Wars, the directly post-Jedi era, the kind of technical, still-in-the-sequel era. Love it. I think that those are really interesting cast of characters. I love seeing like Ahsoka, Luke, Mando, Bo-Katan, and fucking Boba Fett, Fennec Shand. I like those characters as a group. I like that that is our, you know, that is our Star Wars gang for that time and in, in, in place. I'm a really big fan of that. But I would really like to see the characters from the sequel movies come back. I would like to see a Ray show, maybe, where she goes around. Maybe a Ray show where it's her and Finn and Poe on adventures going into digging into the history of the Jedi. Maybe her and Finn, you know, um like I said, digging into the history of the Jedi, restarting the Jedi Temple, fixing the Jedi dogma, that kind of thing. I think that would be really cool. I think that that would be like a fun story to do. I think that would be worth telling on Disney Plus, ray There you go. I think that would be fun. Um but uh other than that, I think that's it for this episode like and share, like and subscribe, I don't know, five-star review if you liked it, Uh, send me a message if you want to argue about Star Wars, I love talking about Star Wars, and yeah, thanks for listening guys, like uh, like always, I love you, (laughs) I don't know why I just kissed the mic.